Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and we're in the book of Hebrews and it's Hebrews chapter 10 starting to read at verse 15. So Hebrews 10 verse 15. The Holy Spirit also testified to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest, over the house of God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the, the enemies of God. Anyone who rejects the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treaded as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sacrificed him and who has insulted the spirit of grace for we know him who said it is mine to avenge i will repay and again the lord will judge his people it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living god well, God will add his public reading to that is word, and we just come before him now. Father, we thank you again. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we can meet together, and as we meet together, we meet around your word. And we ask that you speak to us through your word, that we won't just hear the voice of the one who is speaking, but that we will hear you as you speak to us through what you have to say to us this evening as we meet together in your name and in the name of jesus we ask this amen, amen. well hebrews chapter 10 and it's actually from verse 15 through to 39 and here we have and this is the title i've put over this section it's the importance that is attached to faith and we're going to see that as we go through these verses you see, we also see in this letter the unity of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. We see a call for the need of perseverance. We have a reminder of why this letter was written, 
And then in chapter 11, that well-known chapter, we will hear about faith in action. So we're on our way there now. So that's really good. So let's have a look at verse 15 through to 18. Uh, and this is a, a passage that refers back to what the writer has already said. It refers back um, to chapter 8, verse 8 through to 12, where we had the words of Jeremiah. And you probably recognize these as we read through these verses. So verse 15 and 16 to start off with. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. So there's the quote again from Jeremiah 31 verse 33, where it says, this is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And then we come to verses uh, 17 and 18 of this chapter 10. And the writer says, Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So you might recognize that again from Jeremiah 31. That's verse 34 of Jeremiah, where it says, For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. Now, these people are Jewish Christians who will be familiar with God's word and they will be familiar with those words of Jeremiah. And it's good for us to go back and look at them. And when we come to the next section, it, it, this part now is really where the argument ends. The discussion that's going on between the significance of the old covenant and the new covenant. And the writer is laying out all the things that we've already heard him say. And this is now coming to a conclusion. So really this section is the end of the argument. You see, the sacrifice has been made. Sin has been dealt with. The sinner is forgiven. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is ratification of the new covenant. You see, he is present with God's people. And what he's doing is putting the laws in the hearts of his people and he's writing them on the minds of his people. We come now to verse 19 through to 23. And I'm going to read this twice. And the second time, I'm just going to highlight one or two things. Oh, really, I won't read it twice. I'll just highlight the one or two things that are in it. And I'll let you read through it the second time as I highlight them. So here we go. And also, remember this, this word, therefore, is very, very important because it relates to what the writer to the Hebrews, Hebrews has already said. So, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we possess, for he who promised is faithful. Now you read through that verse again if you've got your Bibles open, and I want you to look at these things. I want you to notice that it says, that it's referring to Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. When it mentions the curtain, 
It's the curtain of separation that has now been removed and now Jesus is the one through whom we enter into God's presence. And then it refers to the great high priest, that is our great high priest, who sits at the right hand of the Father. And then the final bit in those verses is, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So you see the way this is all a summary of what the writer has been saying. So how are they to go forward? Or as well, how are we to go forward? Well, we're to go forward with confidence, with sincerity, and with assurance. And how are we to go forward? Unswervingly. We've got to go straight, straight for the mark, straight for the goal. Unswervingly. So, those who have trusted in that once and for all perfect sacrifice and with the confirmation of the Holy Spirit, they and we can come boldly into God's presence. How? Through Jesus, knowing that their sins are covered and our sins are covered by the blood of Christ. This most holy place is heaven. It's by the blood of the perfect sacrifice and the curtain of separation has been removed and our great high priest sits at the right hand of the Father. So what do we need now? Well, the writer is going to now give us a call to encourage each other. That's what they need to do. That's what we need to do. So let's go to verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spare one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the writer's saying, look, you've got to think seriously about sparing each other towards love and towards good deeds. Now, what I want you to notice here, and in the light of what we already know, notice that the love and the good deeds come after the sacrifice, the once perfect sacrifice has been accepted by God on behalf of the sinner. And it's not the love and good deeds that earn forgiveness, but that they are the results of forgiveness. And this also encourages us and them to be ready. Ready for what? Ready for the approaching day of his return. So, we are to look forward to his return, to the second coming of Jesus. But not only looking forward, we are also being encouraged to be prepared and also to encourage others to be prepared. Now that this is all understood, the writer can bring in the importance of faith. But before he does that, he wants to remind his readers, that is, the people he was writing to in his day and us also, he wants us to remind us and them of why he felt the need to write this letter. This letter is being written to Hebrew Christians and there's a reason for it. Some are in the habit of giving up on meeting 
together. I want to break this down. So this is the first section. They're drifting away from fellowship around God's word. That is fellowship together and fellowship with God. You have to go back a little bit into what the writers already told us. And if we go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through to verse 4, and if we read those verses, we see that some were in danger of drifting away. Listen to what he said. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. So what he's saying here is be careful not to ignore the importance of fellowship together and fellowship around God's word. Now, this is very relevant to us in our day uh, during this pandemic where we're unable to meet together in the way we would normally meet together, but we are still encouraged to meet together, not just fellowship together, but also fellowship around God's word so that he, God, is with us. We've also got to be careful that during this pandemic, the people do not lose heart and begin to drift away. So let's pray about that, that once the churches are reopened and we're able to meet together, that all will come back and even pray that more will come back to meet with us around God's word. So secondly, they're drifting away from belief in the word, belief in God's word. Hebrews 3 verse 7 and through to 4 verse 13. There was unbelief and there was doubting the word of God. In verse 12 of that chapter 3. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So you see the importance of that. We are to remain faithful. We are to continue to believe and not doubt. Not doubt in the promises that God has given us. Then thirdly, they're drifting away from living in the word. What does that mean? Well, I think Hebrews is quite clear. If we go back to chapter 5 and verse 11 and read through to verse 20 of chapter 6. But just to summarize that, what's happening? Some are becoming lazy towards the word. They're drifting away from, if you like, not just meeting together, but drifting away from their personal time, their quiet time, their daily readings of God's word. Verse 1 of chapter 6. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. We only become mature and grow when we feed on the written word of God, as well as the living word of God. So fourthly, they're drifting away from the power of God's word, drifting away from the power of the word. Hebrews 10 verse 26, and this is where we're up to in our passage uh, this evening. Some are tempted to keep on sinning. Verse 26 and verse 27. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, 
but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. This takes us back here to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4 and 5, and we looked at that some time ago, but it's good to remind ourselves of it. This is what those verses say. It's impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age. Right, who are they? Well, they're the ones who, receiving the knowledge of truth, but receiving the knowledge of truth is very different from receiving Christ by faith. What they're saying here is that you have tasted something, but in the end you have refused to eat it. And this is what we've seen in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 to 8. And we're going to mention it again in a few moments in these verses uh, 28 through to 29 of chapter 10. Here we have a warning and a call to learn from the past. So let's read those verses 28 and 29, chapter 10. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do we think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the spirit of grace. This is about apostasy. What is apostasy? It's the abandonment or, or the renunciation of belief. It's to have contempt for the blood of Christ by turning to the old agreement after being shown and then rejecting the new agreement. In other words, tasting, but not eating. We come to verse 30 and 31. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I said that these people know their Bible, they know their Old Testament, they know Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 32, verse 35. It says this, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. In due time their foot will slip, their day of disaster is near, and their doom rushes upon them. This is God speaking. Deuteronomy 32, verse 36. The Lord will vindicate the people and relent concerning his servants when he sees their strength is gone and no one is left slave or free. We can also come over into the New Testament because we have the benefits of that, which these people might not have had. They would have had some of it, but not all of it. Luke in chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill, kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after the body has been killed, has authority 
to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. We must not forget that God is a loving God. But God is also the mighty God of justice. Sometimes we push that to the back of our minds. But one day there will be judgment. And God will be just. Our passage goes on and we have a call to remember. A call to to mind the days of our conversion and how these people suffered and persevered. 32 through to 35. Remember those early days after you had received light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 to 8. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God that has, he has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Uh, these people are trusting in the new covenant. The things that they saw in the old covenant, like the, the, the temple and the animals and the, the priests and going into the holy place and into the holy of holies, they don't see those things now. But it seems that these Christians who have now come and accepted the new covenants are, at the time of this letter being written, are in a better place than they were. And it seems that this better place has begun to weaken their faith. And he wants them to remember those early days, how you joyfully went through times of hardship. Verse 33 to 34. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insults and persecution. That is ridicule and abuse. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. That is them giving support to those who were suffering. And he goes on, you suffered along with those in prison. That means they stood by those who refused to renounce their faith and for that would have been imprisoned and probably eventually executed. And then he goes on, and joyfully accept the confiscation of your property. I joyfully accepted the cons cons conf confiscation of their property. You see, many had had their possessions taken. It could have been their houses, it could have been uh, their, their daily belongings, but they had things taken from them. And they've got to be reminded of how they reacted and why they reacted in that way, that joyful way. Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. You know, that's an interesting phrase, that, because they knew. It's a strong, all-encompassing phrase. They trusted in, and they had knowledge of the one whom they believed. The perfect sacrifice that fulfilled all the promises of God that they had now entered into. Not by way of the law, but by the shed blood of Jesus and this knowing comes from experience 
Hebrews 3 verse 10. We're going back again a little bit to remind ourselves of these things. That is why, this is God speaking, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. See, the knowledge of God. Hebrews 8 verse 11. No longer will they teach their neighbours or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. You see, we have the ability to know the Lord. And then we come to verse 35 of verse 10. So, so that verse, again, that word again, again is an important word. It, it's giving us reasons of why we do these things. So, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. In other words, hold fast to what you've got and don't let go. This is a powerful message for all believers. I want to finish this evening with a verse from Ephesians. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to go on next time. We're going to continue in this chapter 10 and we're going to see an encouragement. And eventually these things will lead us into chapter 11, that great chapter of faith. But the bottom line for us is by faith, not by sight. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you again for this time we've spent around your word. And our Father, we pray that we might see the importance of what you said in those days by the writers of the Hebrews to those Jewish Christians who were beginning to drift away because of their circumstances, because of the opposition they were coming under from the people around them. And our Father, there will always be opposition to your people, opposition to your word. But we pray that you will strengthen us through this, our time, and this, our time of difficulty in this this COVID-19 environment. But our Father, we pray that you will continue to strengthen us, continue to lead us uh, in your word, to encourage each other, and for us to be encouraged by your word. And our Father, we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.